0: Doesn't matter what people are going through right now and i know there are people out there that are hurting and struggling and thinking this is it someone just emailed me the other day and said they feel like suicide and giving up i know i've been through times when i felt like that when i felt like i can't take anymore and you know i i believe that the universe is always there ready to catch us mm. you know and and often it's painful because we're going to have to come up against things that really challenge our idea of the world and who we are and our place in it. You got to accentuate the positive. Whoa, I feel A
1: little bit of feel good goes along. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the
0: positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Yeah, the last five, six years have been incredible. Beautiful.
1: Yeah. Well, let's talk about it. Okay we are off and running. Hello and welcome to another show Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. As always a delight to be with you all again and remember if you enjoy the conversations please share them with your friends and like and subscribe to whatever platform you're listening to and uh, spread the love. Now I've got a beautiful (laughs) friend, I have to call (laughs) you friend, I feel like we're friends, we don't really know each other that well but we're friends. Friend on the on today called janine shepherd welcome to
0: welcome it's great to connect with you again or reconnect
1: i know so janine and i had a chat for sydney radio 12 years well actually 2012 so eight years ago now she has an amazing story the 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 reason i'm doing this with you today is one of my tribe one of my inner sanctum tribe posted your ted talk in our group and said oh my god look at this amazing woman (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i like, oh, I know that amazing woman. I must catch up with you and see what you've been doing. Because uh, t- 2012 was a different wow. world. Things were happening. But and we that needed- was
0: when I gave my TED Talk.
1: And that was, was, was when before. you gave your TED Talk, mm. yeah, in the States, which kind of went viral. It's an amazing TED Talk, and I, I think it's changed mm. people's lives all over the world. But people that don't, haven't heard your story will have to go over your story. Let me, let me read your bio. Mm. <laughs>
0: you don't have to read it all word for word, just, you
1: know. <laughs> I will, I do. The other thing is, what does CSP stand for?
0: Oh, Certified Speaking Professional.
1: There you go. So that's <laughs> what Janine is. Janine is a certified speaking professional, was a former Australian champion skier headed to the Calgary Winter Olympics in, in 1988. During a routine bike ride for her training, Janine was the victim of a horrific car accident suffering multiple threatening injuries that would see her in hospital in a full body cast after almost six months in hospital and struggling to rehabilitate with permanent disabilities Janine didn't learn to walk she learned to fly literally (laughs) starting (laughs) flight training in a plaster body cast she ultimately attained her commercial pilot rating and even taught aerobatics you didn't teach that when you were in a cast, though, did you, aerobatics? No, I don't think anyone would
0: have got in the aeroplane with me if I had a <laughs> body cast on at that stage.
1: <laughs> Told it was unlikely that you would ever have children, she's the proud mother of three. And today, Janine is an internationally renowned speaker and author of six best-selling books. Her inspired TED talk, A Broken Body, isn't a broken person, has seen about over one and a half million views, probably more than that now. And you've been featured on Australian 60 Minutes, This Is Your Life, and recognised in your country in Australia's highest honour, the Order of Australia. You've also named the Architect of Change by Maria Shriver. That was interesting. When when did that happen? Oh, a couple of years ago. Oh. Yeah. Yeah and was one named as one of the most 10 outstanding young people of the world. Ah, Janine is an ambassador for Red Bull Wings for Life and also Spinal Cure Australia. Your life story has currently been adapted into a Hollywood movie Oh, it's being adapted into a Hollywood, but you, it's already been in a movie with... Uh... Well,
0: many years ago, it was in Australia, um, but now it's been picked up in Hollywood and we're, we have three big producers working on it and a screenwriter. And yeah, I'm pretty excited about that.
1: So they're going to do it all again? Mm, this is Hollywood.
0: Mm. This is
1: Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you've got a few books out, but you were just saying that the, the book that you want people to get is, and I'm just looking for it now, what's it called? defiant defiant so that's the book you want people to get and you said to me before i turned the recording on that you've basically put most of your work and all your other books into that one book so if people get that one book they'll really get the gist of all the other books right because yes, you've written right. about six books yes
0: exactly.
1: and there's another book out which had only just come out when i spoke to you back in 2012 called the book of Except- oh, i've lost it now accept gift of acceptance which was beautiful all right for people that don't know your story let's go over it briefly and because mm. uh, you had an nde you had a near-death experience during yeah. the accident didn't you i call it a de, a DE <laughs> i call a it a death, death experience. experience
0: yeah yeah it's not near death it's death so yeah i did i had an experience i had an out-of-body experience and um yeah it's it's Something I don't talk about very much because I, you know, I have this, you know, the perspective is I didn't come back to teach people about the afterlife. I came back to teach people how to live in this life.
1: Well, it's interesting because what we teach on this show here is how to teach the perspective of the afterlife while we're having a physical life. Mm. And that's why I had put so many NDE people on my show. And I have to say, you know i put a book out a couple of years ago called awakened by death because what i found podcasting over the years is that when i put information out about ndes or the afterlife it gets the most views so people are seeking what happens mm, when you die do. it's a I know they do. question cuz <laughs> you know what <laughs> but, we're all going to die no one's getting out of here a lot that's right <laughs> but,
0: you know what's i mean i you know my take on that is look um, worry about this life worry about what you do here you know, we're so busy wanting to get out of this life, thinking that there's something better out there. Um, we sort of forget that this is what counts. We're here to make these lessons count. And, and that to me is why I came back to show people how to live, you know, how to embrace the defiant human spirit um, here in this life to bring heaven to earth, so to speak. Yeah.
1: But we have to know what heaven's like in order to bring heaven to earth. So tell us the story. What happened? Well, you can't
0: really understand it, you know, I mean, vicariously through another person, I guess, but um, we've all been there. We just don't remember. So in that sense, um, you know, look. all I can say is it was a very personal experience. I wasn't on my own. I was guided through the experience. And the biggest takeaway for me is that, um, you know, I came having been an elite athlete. It was all about my body. You know, that's how I define myself. That's how I put myself out in the world. So, you know, I, the accident, of course, I'm a partial, I'm what's called, I'm a paraplegic. I'm a walking paraplegic now. Technically, they sort of say partial paraplegic, walking paraplegic, but I am a woman with a disability. And so, you know, when I was going through those first 10 days, making the decision whether I would come back to my body or not, I knew that I was coming back to a body that was broken. And I also didn't want to come back. I was really aware that it was my choice to come back. Um, I didn't have to, but I did. And so coming back into a body that was broken as an athlete, not to be able to do the things I did before was very confusing. And there was a lot of anger around that too. And I realised it took me a long time to realise I came back because this was the greatest opportunity. You know, the one thing that was going to wake me up to who I was and who I wasn't was to lose the thing that I thought defined who I was, and that was my body. And, of course, yes, my TED Talk is called A Broken Body Isn't a Broken Person, but the original title of my TED Talk was You're Not Your Body.
1: Mm-hmm. Why did you change it? Or why, I did they ch- I why did I, they change
0: well, it? Because they um, put it onto TED.com, and I guess they thought it was a little esoteric. You know, they, mm-hmm. they wanted to change it to something that probably... Um, was more easily tapped into by the you know the collective so they changed yeah mainstream they changed the title but either it doesn't really matter in the the talk it's been life-changing for for me as well because i've had so much incredible feedback and of course you know picked up in america and um the, the book published in america the movie deal and and everything else it's been it's been quite an extraordinary experience
1: darling one it's been a journey you know i remember when we, met, when we met, we met basically on the telephone for radio and then we got on, we were chatting so much after the show that I met you in Barrel because you were living down in Barrel then and uh, I think my brother was living down there too. Anyway, and we had a coffee and, and you were all set to sort of fly to, the, you know, fly, to leave Australia and sort of yeah. conquer the world stage and <laughs> spread the love, share the message and I remember saying to you on the show, I'll be seeing you on Oprah. Oprah doesn't do her show anymore, but she still does. Or Ellen. Have any of those people picked you up?
0: <laughs> um, not yet. But not yet. as I said, it's um, you know, coming to America wasn't really something that I thought I would do. It was it was a call from the universe. You know, it was yeah. this is what I was meant to do. And uh, you know, the reason I came to America was that I. After my TED talk, I received an email, many emails from all around the world. And one in particular was from a man in India who wrote to me and said, you know, I've had an ailment for 19 years. I was considering suicide and I saw your talk and my life starts now. Pray for me. And I thought, this is it. You know, here I was ready to sort of wind down my speaking. I'd had so much more than just my accident. You know, my marriage had broken down. I was a single mum for 10 years with a disability. I lost my house because of the GFC, the financial crisis. You know, and, there were t- and I, every time I was thinking, why is this happening? What, you know, what what's going on here? And I've always been strengthened by this sort of resolve and belief that, you know, I came here and back to my body to show other people how to live and how to live fully and fearlessly. And of course, after that email, I packed up everything, moved to America, not knowing anyone, not having any work, not knowing what am I doing? And, you know, as it turns out, it's been an extraordinary five, six years here and life could not be any different. I thought I was coming for a year, by the way.
1: Uh Aha. Okay. Oh, that email sounds amazing. It was incredible. So tell us what's been happening.
0: Well, I, you know, I, I, I got a book deal. I didn't have any work at the time. And of course, I ended up meeting my soulmate and we have been married now for many, you know, quite a few years. We actually got married a couple of years ago in Kenya.
1: Okay, so I want to hear all the details, please. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, so we... Where did you um, meet him? What were you doing? He actually
0: uh, wrote me an email when I was in Australia. He was um, writing a documentary on a boy with a disability and, and he'd written to me to say, you know, would you mind if we interviewed you for this documentary? And you know, he, he signed off blue skies and tailwinds. And I thought, Oh, maybe he's a pilot. And mm-hmm. of course he is. And, um, lives in Wyoming where I am now. It's crazy. I didn't even know where that was. And we just, I just had this feeling, I knew in my heart, something special is happening here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd been single for 10 years, raising three kids. So I came to America. So I wrote back, we had a couple of emails and that was it. Cause I was in, you know, in Australia not planning at that point to move. And as things unfolded, I ended up moving and living in California in a little sort of wooden cabin with nothing, a bed, a table, you know, I'd lost everything. I thought, what, what is happening in my life? Again, just really surrendering and trusting that it was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And I, one day I opened my computer and there was this email and it said, yikes, it's been two years since we've connected. And I thought, Oh well, yeah, that's the blue skies and talons guy. And, um, you know, we were fast forward, but we ended up, I knew, I knew there was something happening. This was something special. And we did end up meeting and of course fell in love and, um, had this incredibly deep soul connection, um, that I'd never had with anyone before. It was things in our life that were, you know, our paths were going in and out and, um, you know, sort of similarities in everything about us. Really, we're like yin and yang, <laughs> and of course, we're both pilots, and there was this love of flying as well. So, we end a couple of years ago. We were in Africa, and um, Dave, David was teaching flying over there at a we we're at a safari elephant safari camp, wow. and um, he planned a surprise wedding. <laughs> in Africa, yes, in Kenya. We got married mm. in a riverbed by some Buru warriors. So. Mm. It's been crazy. I know. And he's a writer as well. You know, we're both writers. We're both pilots. We're both, it's just a very, uh, very evolved relationship and something that I'd always, it had been an intention that I wanted to manifest. And, of course, it happened.
1: So it's been a blessing. Yeah. Beautiful. So life over the last five years has been a lot calmer than all the other years prior. Well, yeah, in some
0: ways, I've also had many um, challenges, you know, living with disability, I've had um, a couple of years of extreme and chronic pain. I've always had physical pain. But a couple of years ago, it just got, you know, to the point where I thought, this is what's happening. And anyway, that took a long time. I again, I found a way through that. I've always found that, you know, every problem has a lifespan. And, you know, I, I adjusted David is on a he was on a ketogenic diet at the time. And I learned about that. He's actually an en- a chemical engineer. Uh, that's what he trained as. So he knows a lot about um, chemistry and um, diet. So I started a low carb diet. And that, um, you know, really helped everything. I'm not in chronic pain anymore. And wow. that's been extraordinary. That, again, has been another extraordinary part of my journey. Wow. And all of this leads me to, you know, the teachings of what I'm doing at the moment. So you probably don't know this, even Karen, but my background before my accident is, um, you know, I was studying to be an exercise physiologist. So my background is in sports science and education. And really I've spent the entire time since my accident asking myself, you know, how have I done what I've done? And how can I help other people overcome adversity, setback, loss, all the things that we go through so I've put all of that teaching into a, well, I created the school for resilience and we've just, we're just about to launch our first course, which has taken years. It's called uh, build your unshakable core. And um, they're unique teachings that, um, you know, based on, you know, what we call five foundation and 12 key steps, everything from, you know, scientific principles to spiritual principles of things like acceptance, forgiveness, compassion, gratitude, um, you know, just to help people, because I realized that, you know, let's face it, life is tough. Life is uncertain. And we need a certain set of tools to get through these, you know, to handle the curveballs that come our way.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, you're somebody that sort of straddling the world's, uh, Because you speak about resilience and success, you get a lot of people that want to talk to you about, you know, how do we achieve and become successful and resilient in life? And yet you're also bringing that spiritual message of, you know, bringing heaven to earth. How do you do do that? I'd like to think, because I'm very esoteric, as you say, the conversations Mm -hmm. we have. Is about our multidimensionalism, spirit guides, psychic ability, deliberate creation—you know, heaven and all the different realms that, like, all that stuff. So I'm very entrenched in the esoteric conversation. Once I came off community radio, I'm like, "Yeah, I'm just going to talk about what I want to talk about. I'm not going to pander to a mainstream audience. That the audience can find mm-hmm. me instead of me reaching out to find the audience." Mm-hmm. But you're straddling this these worlds. how do people how do people, mm-hmm. how do people kind of digest your spiritual principles or do you just keep it very digestible in your uh, vernacular? Well,
0: you know, it depends on, you know, if I'm standing on a stage speaking to, you know, IBM or Google or Facebook, although I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm very open and very honest and it's very much like my TED talk. Like I'm not standing on stage telling people you can do whatever you want, but in a way we can. What I'm saying is, you know, life is tough. But when we change our perspective and we realise that life is tough, we'll, then we can roll up our sleeves and get on with solving our problems. So I give people very practical tools to deal with the challenges in life. I'm very much into living a values-based life. You know, it's, we all need goals, but what we need to do is sort out what our core values are and align our goals with our values. Um, I, I teach people a lot of the skills and the tools that I have from my background. Um, you know, I'm a positive psychology coach, um, you know, I'm very much into neuroplasticity and neuroscience and those sort of things. So I, I try to break those down to, into, into really tangible or distill the, those, you know, key teachings into lessons and tools that people can use every day in their life. And, you know, I have a lot of practices in my life from, You know, mindfulness practices to meditation practices to, um, you know, moving my body because I'm a woman with disability, so I need to need to move my body. Um, You know, there's, you know, life's a challenge. You know, we need lots of tools in our resilience toolkit, and I think resilience is probably the most important skill we need because life is tough. And resilience isn't I'm going to get everything I want in life, but in a funny sort of a twist, it's I want everything that I get. Because I know I can handle it,
1: mm-hmm. so it's
0: about realizing that we we all have everything we need inside us to handle whatever curveballs come our way.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, your story, even though we haven't really gone over it, <laughs> I guess people just have to wait for the movie to come out or read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your story is horrific because when you smashed yourself up, you were well and truly broken. So here you are; they called you. Janine the machine you were this powerhouse athlete heading to the 1988 uh, Winter Olympics unbelievable skier and on a training and smashed to pieces by so you're on a bike and a a truck hit you didn't it a a truck yeah yeah
0: and so you know I'd been an athlete my entire life and you know since I was six or seven I started with track and field and you know it sort of seemed unlikely for an Australian to to be a skier although we know now that Australians are just sports mad and we're you know we're great at at winter sports so you know I really wanted to do something that no one else had done before and and you know I'd had incredible opportunities I'd I'd been invited to train with the Canadian ski team um, and you know the stars were aligning and of course when that truck ran me over um, it changed everything in my life you know I I I Broke my neck and my back in six places, five ribs on my left side, my right arm, you know, bones in my feet, head injuries, internal injuries, massive blood loss. I lost five liters of blood, which is all someone my size would hold, you know. And as you know from if you watch my TED talk, when the helicopter arrived at the hospital in Sydney, my blood pressure was 40 over nothing. Mm. So, um, you know, I'm not meant to be here. That it just, it was just, against all odds that I even survived. And in a funny way, I was so fit. You know, I'd been tested at the Institute of Sport in Canberra. They, you know, I had the highest VO2 max of any female that they'd tested there. I sort of feel like if I hadn't been that fit, well, I wouldn't have survived. My body wouldn't have coped. So mm. I feel in a way that I've, all the training I did in my life was to survive that accident.
1: Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, you say you wanted to call the talk. I'm not my body. If we're not our body, then who are we? Like, did you, did you find that out when you were on the other side? Like, because you were not in your body, and there you are. Like, well, here I am. I'm not in my body, and here I am. So I'm obviously not my body.
0: <laughs> I think you know the the. You know, I sat down with the curator of TEDx Kansas City, and he, you know, he said, "Look, it's such an incredible story, but you know, TED talks, one idea worth sharing." you know, you're not there to tell a whole story. You, what's your one idea? And when I was sitting with Mike Lundgren at Sydney Airport, and he was interviewing me for my, the TED Talk, he said, what's your one idea? And I said, well, I'm not my body. He goes, now that's a TED Talk. Um, and in Defiant, I actually write about the whole TED journey as well, um, which a lot of people in Australia, you know, be, might know about my accident and the early parts of my life. there's so much more to my story that the people are unaware of. And um, so I think for me, understanding that was coming home from hospital in a wheelchair, a plaster body cast, having to learn to self catheter and, you know, having a body, I had no feeling from the waist down and feeling ashamed of my body, feeling I hated my body. I just wanted to put my running shoes on and run out the door. And here I was with a body that didn't function. I couldn't go to the bathroom. I had no feeling. I was told in no uncertain terms by a doctor that didn't have much, you know, empathy, you know, you'll never have the big O again. Yeah. So you know, I was told I wouldn't be able to have a sex life. I wouldn't be able to have children. I mean, it was like, you know, could it get any worse? And, you know, I wanted to die. I just wanted to, I didn't want to be there. It was incredibly painful. And I remember i mean even now it just it makes me it really affects me. I feel this you know sort of welling up inside me of the pain of that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was twenty four you know I had everything going for me, and suddenly i 'm a disabled girl um, and my life 's been taken from me from a one speeding driver mm-hmm. and there was one night in particular when you know I thought i i don 't want to be here, and I remember. You know, my whole body was covered in a plaster cast. And I remember pulling myself from my bed, onto, falling onto the floor in my bedroom on my knees and just saying, God, you actually, you show me a way out of this or show me a way through it mm. because I can't do this, you know. And it was this a moment of surrender that um, I just didn't know what else to do. And I think that's what I was being asked to do, to let go. Let go of who you think you are. Let go of that life. That is not that is not your life now. Um, opportunities are waiting you. Possibilities are awaiting for you, but they're not going to show themselves unless you let go. And that's what I did. And I just remember sobbing in my room, and in in anguish. I mean, that was my dark night of the soul. That was my rock bottom. And. I know everyone out there is listening. I'm sure we've all had them, you know, and I, I I always say that rock bottom is a gift because it doesn't just show you who you are. It shows you who you're not. I'm not my body. Mm -hmm. And it was when I let go of that, that night, letting go and surrendering, that my life changed. You know, it was not long after that, that I was, you know, outside in my wheelchair and an airplane flew over. And I thought, I've never even thought about flying in my life, you know, and suddenly it was like, oh, well, maybe I can fly. And it was ridiculous, unlikely. It was, you know, I was a disabled woman, a girl, you know, And, and that moment changed my life. And, you know, I always say that flying saved me. Yeah. Yes.
1: Did you do a lot of flying with David?
0: We do, uh, not so much at the moment, obviously. Um, but we both we both commercial pilots and flying instructors, so yeah. we love to go flying. And you know, I don't fly as much now because um, you know I'm so busy doing other things. But flying is, you know, it's funny. People often ask me, "Why flying? Why did you choose flying?" Mm. And I say, "I didn't. Flying chose me." Yeah, you know,
1: because oh, it's so
0: beautiful, magical. It's magical. Flying is magical, and it's it's a metaphor. For life, you know, it's yeah. a metaphor for freedom, and yeah. you know, after lying paralyzed in a spinal ward, you, you know, it was it was you know completely something so opposite to being paralyzed. It was complete and utter freedom. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, last time we spoke, we spoke about Richard Bach, who you and I both adore, the author Richard Bach, who I, I must have spoken to him before I spoke to you. I, I had him on radio and. And he had that light plane accident two weeks after I spoke to him on radio and had his own near-death experience because he said to me that he had a wall full of books of near, on near-death experiences and then two weeks after that conversation he has his own. I've reached out to him a couple of times since mm. then, must have been eight years ago, and said, are you ready to talk again? And he's gone, no. <laughs> Maybe one you know, day before he leaves the planet. But yeah. flying, yeah, look, I think, yeah. Just going back to... Letting go, I think that's so key because during this time of COVID, there are so many of us that are are having to let go of who we thought we are because so many people have lost their jobs, like millions and millions and millions of people have Mm. lost their jobs. And Mm so they're, you know, because they've shut down everything, which I think is probably... You know the that's a bigger story than the than the sickness story or, or the virus story, mm. uh, apart from the mainstream media I don't know anyone that's you know actually been sick or had the virus, but the story really is the shift in our world and people being asked to let go mm. of um, yeah. of an old way of who they thought they were to and who we think and who we think we are in the world to, who we think we are in the world yeah, like we are not our jobs or our body or our careers or mm-hmm. our relationships so if we are not who do you think we are
0: we are the defiant human spirit the
1: defiant human spirit <laughs> and you know the
0: funny thing is when i decided to call my book defiant actually it was given to me by um a um, bruna Papandrea. she's an australian producer and she said you know what i had to find a name for my new book and she said defiant because you're defiant and i thought oh oh well i love that and then um you know, just after that, I, I was um, contacted by the Viktor Frankl Institute, um, who wrote to me to say, we were having a, a big conference in Russia, and we want to show your TED talk. And uh, the title of the conference or the piece that they wanted to, you know, showcase my story was the defiant human spirit. And I thought, and I just picked the name defiant. And I thought, again, it's, this happens to me all the time, these things just Happen, and I'm like, thank you, universe, and um, and of course, Viktor Frankl actually talks about the defiant human spirit, and it's the the force in us. And in, you know, in my TED talk, I talk about this pilot light that was burning inside me, the one that kept me going to the flying school, even though I was disabled, even though I was using a catheter, even though there were guys there flying who were laughing at me and thinking she'll never do it. It's that force inside us that keeps us moving forward. That is the defiant human spirit. That's when we listen to that inner voice. That's who we are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it doesn't matter what people are going through right now. And I know there are people out there that are hurting and struggling and thinking this is it. Someone just emailed me the other day and said they feel like suicide and giving up. I know I've been through times when I felt like that, when I felt like I can't take any more. And, you know, I... I believe that the universe is always there ready to catch us, Mm. you know, and, and often it's painful because we're going to have to come up against things that really challenge our idea of the world and who we are and
1: our place in it. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, your story reminds me after I spoke to you in 2012, I spoke to another woman, I can't remember when, probably about five or six years ago, Nancy Rines, who was a scientist and an atheist. Oh, right, interesting. Atheist, A staunch atheist. And she was on a bike and she was hit by a small truck, like a ute, and -hmm. dragged under the truck. And like you, her story is quite similar. Like you, she was broken. I think she said she broke 25 bones in her body multiply. You know, like she was just smashed to smithereens. And like you her healing was really, like when she came out of the hospital, her healing was really speedy. But the part of her story that was so fascinating was that she found herself in this heavenly realm, speaking to a spirit guide who called herself Mary. And everyone says, was it Mother Mary? Was it Mary Magdalene? She Mm -hmm. said it was a spirit guide and she gave herself the name of Mary. And she said to Nancy, I want you to tell people about heaven. I want you to go back and tell people I'm going to teach you. And I want you to go back and here's an atheist that comes out of this new experience that now has to teach people about heaven. It was a complete 180 degree shift for her. Did something like that happen to you when you were on the other side as well?
0: Well, I had an experience that, you know, when I got home from hospital, I read a lot of books on NDEs because I couldn't I couldn't reconcile my experience with other people's. I didn't see, I didn't go down a tunnel. Right. I didn't see the white light. I remember I went to a, um, a medium and I remember saying to someone that I'd gone to a lot and I remember saying, well, why didn't I go down the tunnel? And uh, funnily enough, she goes, because you were too impatient. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. That's pretty much me. Um, so I went straight to the hall of records. Right. And, um, and in that room, I was with three beings. And as I said, I find this very difficult sometimes to talk about because, you know, for fear of fe- sounding like a bit of a nutcase. But, you know, one of those beings, they were very high order beings. Um, and they were in black, which always confused me too until I realized that that was actually um, symbolic of, you know, where I was. And I was in a room that was like a library, books all around me and a big table i remember being walked over to this table and and looking in this table and when i looked in this sort of glass table i could see my life if i went back to my body so it was like projecting the future and what i was looking at was a broken body and disability and so i was given a choice do you want to go back or do you want to stay and I, I wanted to stay. I didn't want to go back to that broken body. Um But I did, and which was confusing at first. And I realized that during that time when I was having these experiences, my parents were sitting by my bed in intensive care, holding my hand and praying for me. Um, you know, they just I remember my dad, I you know, was just holding my hand, and I really think that was my lifeline. There were so many people willing me to come back to my body. And you know, I just, my awareness was that I have a choice. They said to me, it's your choice. Mm-hmm. And so that's a really important word to me because I realized that I had a choice to come back. Mm-hmm. And, and we all have a choice. Mm-hmm. Life is about choice. Mm-hmm. And Carolyn Mace, you know, the spiritual teacher says, choice is our greatest power. Absolutely. It's our superpower, really. It's because superpower. first, even greater than love, because first we have Absolutely. to choose to love. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I very much feel that life is a choice. It's Mm -hmm. very aligned with everything about my life and everything that I teach because we have a choice how we see this pandemic.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: We have a choice how we face all of the challenges and obstacles in our life. Everything's a story. We have a choice in what story we want to create. Mm -hmm. So I came back to my body and I had a choice. You know, I wasn't a person with a disability. I was a person with opportunities this wasn't happening to me, this was happening for me. So, you know, all of those things, I got to create the story of my life. One that was uplifting and inspiring. And Mm -hmm. I learned that from that time out of my body, this is your choice. So, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have the same NDEs as other people. I didn't see the white light. As I said, I was too impatient. <laughs> Straight to the Hall of Records. <laughs>
1: well, I have to tell you, Janine, most of the people I've had on the show that have had NDEs don't do the white light thing either. Mm. There's something about the white light thing that's a different... Uh, look, it depends on the consciousness in which you leave this earth, what you will experience. Uh, mm. And, um, yeah, so... You know, the white light thing is kind of like giving us an experience of traveling from one realm to the next. It's like being on an airplane and traveling. It's like gives us that experience of moving, whereas heaven and and heaven and earth is one space. It's just a a different octave of frequency, Mm. really. And so the true reality is that we don't go anywhere. We just we just shift vibration and we're there. So we could do that in meditation or we can do that by being hit by a truck or leaving our body, you know, like, it. and so it's, it's a different story, the white light thing. And it's funny that most of the people I've spoken to don't have the white light tunnel. It's just mm. like they can sometimes have that experience of being out of the body and looking down on the body, but mostly it's just like in your body one minute talking to beings on the other side the next. Which I think is probably what happened to you, right? Yeah.
0: You know, because when looking back, and there was, you know, I know that as a teenager, I had a lot of out of body experiences right. that were inexplicable, you know, right. waking up and being somewhere in the middle of the night, not being home in bed, you know, sort of astral travel type of experiences. So I think I've had this sort of connection my entire life. And, right. you know, ever since my accident, I, you know, I've had many, many experiences of, um, sort of inexplicable but magical experiences you know mm-hmm. after my accident when I was home uh, you know I went through a series of nightmares and I used to have these this one nightmare was you know I was falling and I'd just wake up all the time just before I would hit the ground and I remember waking up once on one experience you know sort of waking up and looking at the end of my bed and there was an angel at the end of my bed and the message was "We're you're okay we're looking after you And, Mm -hmm. you know, I've had, then I went through a series of dreams where I had this hands reaching into my chest and pulling out my heart. And the message was, you know, it's this sort of heart surgery, you know, where we're transforming your heart for a different life. Where my life before the accident was all about me. I was an athlete. Yeah. Me, me, me. And then the transformation came you know, that I realized that my life was not about me, it was all about everybody else. And that's one of the many lessons, you know, you know, from my TED talk, the story of the straws, and that's what we're all going through now, this great shift in consciousness where, you know, I don't know how we're going to come out of this. But I hope that it's going to be a kinder and more compassionate world. I hope it's going to be a world where um, people realize that we are so connected, we all, you know, we all need each other. And I think that's, such an important message it's been you know what i've lived through my entire life ever since you know that fateful day
1: mm. as you're speaking i've got um i have a friend that died when did she die anyway she's here i don't know why she's here but she's here listening to you which is really <laughs> <interesting>. <laughs> i haven't thought about it for ages but here she is beautiful i'll have a chat with her after i hang up with you (laughs) it's interesting uh why she's here i haven't seen her for ages um how did she die how did she pass she killed herself Mm. Mm. but she had a she was um she wasn't an athlete but she had anyway she's just listening to her message uh so because she
0: knows you know it's it's painful life is incredibly painful but it's also rich. You know, it's both. It's the paradox of life, you know, and, um, and I know that, it. Beca- you know, there are a lot of people thinking of that right now. You know, Somebody yeah. just emailed me, as I said the other day. And, you know, I just hope that we can, th- that the people in, you know, leadership roles right now do the right thing because we need to reach out and help the people that need help right now.
1: Well, you know, like the thing about leadership roles, there are some that are not and there are some that are, are and um, it's all perfect, really. I think that, you know, the crux of your message is it's not about me, it's about we, and as we shift into a new reality, into the, you know, fourth dimension or the fifth dimension, that's really where we're going consciously, is that we've got to stop thinking about what's in it for me, service to self, and start thinking about what can I, you know, how can I serve others And
0: this this is time for you know, this is time for female energy to come in. You know, we have Jacinda Ardern, you know, in New Zealand, leading that country, who is just a wonderful leader. This (laughs) is a time for, you know, we need to embrace female energy right now. um, And we need more women in leadership roles to bring that into the world.
1: Uh, Who was I speaking to recently? I can't remember who. I think it was Michael Tamora. And he said that the person that will change the political landscape of the states will be a woman the person that gets into power so i don't know who that was i don't think he knew who that was either and i'm like yes i think he said that in our inner sanctum group and we've got a lot of women in the group and we all went yes
0: well <laughs> wouldn't we love it wouldn't we love michelle obama to stand but you know she's not going to <laughs> but yeah it's yeah, you know we
1: need yeah. uh, women's and power so you said you're doing some work with women do you want to talk about that quickly
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I just went to Istanbul before this, the lockdown spoke to for a UN women event for international women's day. And, and, you know, I've, I've got three children, you know, they said I wouldn't have any, I've got two very strong girls. I've got a son and two girls and um, you know, I I want to be able to lend my voice to, you know, help the, um, you know, this pandemic that's going on around the world, you know, the women's, um, struggle around the world which is prolific you know women's rights are human rights and we need to end violence against women we need to end poverty for women we need women to be educated and you know i'm sort of this was this is my calling now you know this is the sort of the next step is to sort of say okay universe you know where where do you need me to go in this respect how do i help women
1: so that's the plan to help impoverished Mm -hmm. or uh women that are downtrodden women um, what Was I going to say? So
0: the kids are they? But you're still in Australia? Yeah, they're yeah. I've got three amazing kids. I've got Annabelle's. Um, she worked at Google, studied psychology. She works created a STEM, you know, for um, game and book for young girls. Worked at a neuroscience lab, so she's a she's a scientist. I've got Charlotte, who's 25, and she's a doctor in Bendigo. She's oh, wow. uh, worked an emergency room uh, registrar down there, working, you know, to stem covid which we've of course australia's done so well with and my son is um finishing his last year in engineering so they're all in the sciences
1: oh wow and do you think that that was because of your story they were influenced because of your story
0: i think they've all in somehow particularly charlotte i think she went into Mm. medicine because she has a mum with a disability right they're
1: very empathic
0: they're very empathic um caring children they understand um you know the The story, my story, of course, has affected them because they've grown up with it. Yeah. And they've seen me, they're very resilient. They've seen their mum fall down and get up so many times that it's second nature for them.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, let's hope they're a part of the third wave. You know, I had a conversation with Susie Hansen, who is a dual soul. She's like an ET soul and human soul. And she talked about the three waves of volunteers that came to earth to be a part of the shift. And she said the third wave is are people that don't necessarily have conversations about spirituality Mm -hmm. uh, they seem to be awake but uh, but asleep and she said that when the shift hits the fan that my words not hers like when Mm -hmm. we go through when we go through these extraordinary times where we're shifting human consciousness and the the literal shift hits the fan which is kind of what we're going through now these these third waivers will awaken to their mission here on earth without having to have an NDE, mind you, which I find, you know, because we can awaken softly or we can awaken abruptly. I think that you yeah. awoke abruptly, but yeah. they'll awaken and they'll know exactly what to do. And you talked about Jacinta, you know, she's one of them, like they put themselves in places of science in as doctors, as leaders, as politicians, as mums, as dads, but in very mainstream worlds, they're not in the sort of woo-woo world I suppose but they have that consciousness and when the shift hits the fan they're like I know exactly what to do and yeah. so maybe your kids are like part of the third wave
0: well, I'm not sure I mean they're you know they're they're young adults making their way in the world and I'm incredibly proud of them and um, for the work they're doing yeah
1: oh darling, when well, it's been absolutely beautiful Thank to catch you. up with you again That's is there any last things you want to say before we go
0: uh, no. Well, of course, if anyone out there is struggling right now, please go to my website. I've got a lot of free things there that they can use. Uh, there's a, a quiz, a resilience quiz, some free tools called the course we're launching, um, which we're launching at a price which doesn't even cover the cost of <laughs> hosting it. And if anyone does want to come, I'd love to give you a code that you can offer to your, to your people so they can get you know, 20% off the course. And we're also going to offer them two for one. So basically, if they bring a friend along, it's going to cost them forty-five dollars or something just to do this six-week course. Wow! So they can, they Sounds can, great. Yeah, as I said, it's it's you know I just want this teaching to be available. So um, we're making it as available and accessible as we can. And of course, I'll always I'll also send you the a SoundCloud recording that people can access right now, which is resilience in uncertain times and that will give people an overview of you know the teaching as well
1: great well i'll have all that on my website i won't put it on the youtube or soundcloud thing i'll put it all i'll put all the links and everything on my website so if you want those links and the codes and everything and also i'll put the affiliate link to janine's books on the website as well and you can Grab the book and sounds wonderful. I know that, Ah, oh, right. look, yes. I can hear people saying, yep, I'm going to sign up for that for sure. <laughs> I know some of my yeah. tribe will definitely sign up for it, especially, I think it was Sarah that told me about you. I think from our little inner sanctum tribe, she was the one that said, oh, look at this amazing woman. And I'm like, oh, Janine, <laughs> she is well, an amazing woman. You are an amazing well,
0: woman. We, I would welcome, as I said, it's tough times. You know, my experience, not just, you know, um, you know, my study in sports science, neuroscience, neuroplasticity, positive psychology, but really my personal experience of how did I do what I've done, you know, and how can I help other people? So it's going to be a great journey. I'm really excited to share that with people and welcome them along and just help them um, with, you know, whatever, whatever they're... I always say it's, the course is how to build your unshakable core so you can handle anything the universe throws at you.
1: Absolutely. Well, darling, thank you <laughs> well, thanks, again Karen, for opening up about your death experience, because I know that you're sort of reluctant to do that because you don't want to seem too woo-woo, but (laughs) you're speaking to a woo-woo audience. Yeah, well... (laughs) Woo-woo has to come out of the closet. uh, That's right.
0: um, (laughs) Come out of the closet. I like it. (laughs) This
1: is a time where we have to own our woo-woo and say, yep, I talked to angels, I spoke to Jesus on the other side, I spoke to, you know, like this is a time where we have to be out of the, yeah, everything is being exposed, the corruption, but the beauty and the divine yeah, as well. Absolutely, so, I yeah, agree. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And lots of love to everybody out there. And just remember that uh, we're, we are in this together and you're not alone.
1: How wonderful it was to catch up with Janine. She was just telling me that she's in the Rocky Mountains in Wyoming, near Montana. I really don't know anything about the States, but surrounded by mountains and oh it sounds beautiful she's got these little cabins and oh it was so lovely to catch up with her so since I spoke to her last she's met the man of a dream she's living in another country she's I don't know got married in Africa wow wow how magical life can be even after she says life's tough life can be tough but life can also be magical I really believe that does life does not have to be so, t- like Janine's my age, we're the same age, late 50s and uh, I think for our generation the wake-up process was a tough process and you know we do teach resilience but I think for the younger generations they're waking up so much easier, they're having ayahuasca ceremonies, getting together and loving each other and having these epiphanies and it's just an easier ride for them in their awakening process, in their activation process, in their remembering why they're here on earth. You know, we come into these beautiful flesh suits, these beautiful human forms and we get taught that it's all about us, right? What are you going to do when you wake up? up? What are you going to be when you grow up? And, and we're taught to focus purely on our wants and our needs and then we wake up to actually maybe I'm here not just for me and what my ego wants maybe I'm here to serve humanity and, and uh, I hope that that can be a gentler ride for most people but you know the thing about having traumatic wake-up journeys is that it makes for a unbelievable story to help others wake up from their, their drama and to not see the drama as happening to them, but happening for them. So, yeah, there's many people like Janine and Nancy who have had these terrible, horrific car accidents, and um, seeing that you know life is life, it can be beautiful even in its even in its tragedy. Last time I spoke to Janine, I remember the last thing she said was, "I said, what was your last message?" And she said, "Learn to love the hills." She said when she was training as an athlete. And she'd be going up the hills and she'd, her body would be in pain and aching. She was saying that, you know, what I've learned through my trauma is to learn to love the traumatic times, learn to love the hills. So we're going through that at the moment, you know, with COVID. A bit of a hill to climb, a bit of a mountain to overcome. Can we love it? Can we learn to love it? Mm, beautiful. Amazing, amazing woman. All right, so who's coming up next? Belinda Womack is coming into the Inner Sanctum in June. She's our guest teacher around mid-June, I think it is. I have to have a look at the date. So if you want to meet Belinda, she uh, channels the 12 Archangels. She's really quite extraordinary. Quite extraordinary is is Belinda Womack. Uh, Yeah, I'd love you to join us. Uh, Just jump online and sign up the inner sanctum currentswain.com slash the inner sanctum and uh yes and i'm online every week teaching (laughs) teaching at the moment and we're getting you know good crowds so i hope you can join us in the inner sanctum or have a private session if you're not someone for crowds or groups i've got people that have been seeing me for years and i'm like why don't you join the group you know it's a lot cheaper than having private sessions they go nope i just want you all to myself and i'm like okay <laughs> i like the groups i really do but one-on-ones are good too and who's coming up on the show i'm not sure Mm, got an angel lady coming up next week a i don't know if i spelled that wrong or if i'm saying that wrong i think i talked about that last and bill bennett's coming back the week after that so bill bennett is a he made the movie pgs your personal guidance system intuition is your personal guidance system which is a beautiful documentary about uh he traveled the world speaking to people all over the world i think the king of bhutan was one of my favorites paul selig uh, or maybe he's in the next one anyway people all over the world michael tomorrow that's how i met michael all these incredible people talking about our intuition and how it serves us and his next movie that he's working on his next documentary is fear is exploring fear of course, COVID put a stop to him travelling the world, talking to people. Uh, but we're going to catch up with Bill and see what's been happening uh, with that. I think that, there's, not, you know, had COVID not hit, he probably would have got that one out. So it's almost finished. So he was travelling the well, world, talking to people about fear. And he's got a few other things in the pipeline. So it'd be fascinating to catch up with Bill. And Danielle Gibbons is coming back on the show. i had her on the show a couple of years ago. She channels Mother Mary the mother energy beautiful so we're going to chat to her about world circumstances and also Sarah who's another NDE -er, is coming on the show oh look there's all sorts of people (laughs) I know you love your NDE so do I it was hard to get Janine to talk about hers there's so much more that she didn't say but anyway her audience is not my audience normally it's it's a more mainstream audience more of an Oprah type audience that talk about resilience and And they don't really talk about talking to spirits on the other side. But you know me, I love talking about all that stuff. (laughs) So yes, remember to get the book *Awakened by Death. Lots of great stories in there about talking to spirits on the other side. And resilience. Oh, there's a huge rainbow outside. Oh my God, it's as bright as anything. Wow. I don't know if you can see it. Can you see it? I don't know if you can see it. Mm, love a rainbow anyway i'll see you soon love you all bye for now